Welcome to another episode of More Than Nights. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Welcome to episode 256, where we're going to be talking about RPG newbies. Yes, for those people that have never played a game and what we can do to help them out. Also, other things that can help out people in RPG games. Things like models, uh, visuals, props. Um, also, how to make them comfortable. Make sure they feel like they're overwhelmed. And... We're going to expand on the rule of cool because that came up this weekend, John. And I figured we could expand on that because you and I, we most likely did not have miniatures and props while we were gaming. We had to use our imagination. And so we most likely, John's looking around like he's crazy. But um, some people are having a little difficult on how to implement the rule of cool or do the rule of cool without causing problems. And I'm like, well, we can work on that. That's something we can talk about too. Hey, big Jim Slade. But before we get to all of the topics, we got to make sure it's shout out to all of our sponsors. Uh, we want to shout out to Turbo Dork, maker of fantastic and turbo shifting paints. Uh, pay soon, uh, probably next week, we'll be giving away a $50 gift certificate to Turbo Dork. Um, also, we want to thank Parabellum Wargames for all their awesome Conquest miniatures. Make sure if you go to their website, you can check out and get a 10% discount on your order uh, using the link in our descriptions. We want to thank Midnight Heroes for also sponsoring and giving us some cool stuff. And I'll be painting on some of those dwarves today while we're talking about our subject. And uh, don't forget, they'll be at Warfare Weekend and debuting a few new things and a special edition miniature. Uh, we want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting our file and getting it out to everybody else. Extra, 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 extra special. Uh, don't forget to check them out, and you can use also our discount code there. And on top of that, they have a bunch of new products coming out. Um, they've been having to work on a bunch of products, and so they told me that they've got a bunch of new things coming out for the gaming world. So, cool, cool beans. Um, we'll have some more news on some of that other stuff later on. We're just waiting on some ink to dry and chickens to fry and, you know, Batman to do his thing. And we'll let you know. Um. <laughs> wow. So before we do anything else, do we have any shout outs this week? We actually had two weeks off. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you the story after we do our shout outs and our drinks um, about why I mean, we didn't stream last week. Like it or not, we have to shout out Jerry Springer because even if the stuff that was on his show was occasionally absolutely batshit crazy, he did a lot for that particular variety of talk show. Correct, he did. He was very much, and by all accounts, he was an actual good dude. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a dick. No, I mean the people on his show, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 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 shock TV. Um, new people. Hey, Gilded Viking. Um, very much. Yeah, Harry um, Belafonte. And Harry Belafonte. I mean, that's the one. Activist, artist, you name it. Um, goes ways back. I mean, Harry Belafonte was in his 90s, wasn't he? Yeah, he was very yeah. So I mean, he, he, he lived a good life. Jerry Springer still lived a good life. Um, but I mean, just, just how it is. This is a life. Um, what else? I think that was about it. Guys, we want to say make sure um, everybody's take care of yourself, as always. Make sure you give yourself a shout-out because you made it through another day. 
Um, John, the most important question of all week. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, gin and ginger beer with with uh, with lime juice, which they would generally call gin gin mill. Okay. I am drinking some good old H2O. Got a little bit more water, taking some more medications. So I got to take some more medication and stuff and make sure that I'm hydrated and keeping my cells working properly. Um, Hopefully Monday I'll get a phone call and I can figure out what's going on and get some things going. Got to figure out what my surgery is. Yay. I guess I'm lucky all my problems are mental. (laughs) So... Uh, they were supposed to call me Friday to tell me when I was supposed to go in and do my surgery, and they didn't. So I was like, damn it. So I gotta, hopefully they'll call me Friday, uh, Monday morning. I'm off Monday morning anyway. It's my one of my flex days since I had to work all week overnight in places. So, um, guys, please take care of yourself. Please look after each other. If you, can, if you see something, say something. And if you can do something, do something. Um, cheers. Cheers. One more time. So, last week we did not stream, and I wanted to talk about this. John, we, we told John, but this was... <laughs> Mizzy told John. Mizzy told John. It was Gonzo great. didn't tell John. That's because Gonzo was driving. But, um, so, we went to St. Louis um, Saturday to go run a tournament. Left really early, going to stay the night. You know, make make it a, a day trip type thing. Spend the night. We got there. The tournament tournament was running fine. About three o'clock rolls around. Like, hey, go check into the hotel. Can't check into the hotel. They're not ready for us. Crap. Okay. No big deal. Huh? It happens. We. It's not like we're gonna lose our room. So tournament goes on. About five o'clock. Still can't get our hotel room. Six o'clock. Hotel room's not ready. Where? Gonna go get something to eat. We'll get something to eat. Hopefully, it'll be done by then. Go in there. Go to a place that's supposed to be a really good burger joint, and I ordered the simplest thing that was on there: sixty forty beef pork burger with a uh, egg over easy on top, side of fries. Okay, nothing, nothing big, nothing bad about it. Uh, the burger came back very, very charred. And was well done, uh, very dry on the inside, and my egg was not runny. It was solid. I was like, really? Plus, the table was sticky as shit. I had to actually took my napkin and tore it in pieces so I could set my arms down without sticking. I mean, you would stick it and your skin would, like, peel away from the table. So gross. That took us almost two hours to get our food and eat. So, we go back to the hotel. 8 o'clock. Hey, we're ready to check in. Your room's not ready yet. 8 o'clock at night. I'm not even paying for a whole night of rooming now. I'm only paying for like half a night of rooming. So, I'm pretty ticked off. So, I call customer service to talk about it because I used points and all this other stuff. And we got back in at like 8.15. Um, 
and the room had so much chemical smell in it and so much chemicals thrown. It's like they just took buckets of chemicals and just threw it on the floor. Um, and so uh, we all peed, got it, and I took the bathroom door, closed it, and then took a wet towel and put it around the bottom of the the uh, bathroom door so the smell wouldn't come through because it was already causing us, you know, smelling issues. And we weren't going to get a new room. We knew it. So we finally crashed about 10 o'clock or so. 3.30 in the fucking morning. Meep. Meep. This chirping beep goes off, and it's the damn fire smoke detector. Battery is dead. So I get my ass up. I ripped that out of the wall. I didn't rip it, just popped it off. Took the battery out. It had an additional backup battery that lasts for a little bit longer. So even with a battery pulled out and it pulled out of the wall, it was still chirping. So I took another towel, soaked it, wrapped the fire extinguisher in that so the sound couldn't get through it, put it in the bathroom with the other stuff so we couldn't hear it. Finally, got up at about 8 o'clock, uh, put the fire extinguisher back on, did everything else. i not going to take a shower. I just want to get out of here, go eat breakfast. And we go down to go to our free complimentary breakfast. Free complimentary breakfast was uh, a bagel and dry cereal. And a big old note that says, due to overabundance of people here, and you can tell this note has been on there for quite a while, they don't have all the breakfast stuff that they normally have. No waffles, no yogurt, you know, all that type of stuff. The, the standard, you know, complimentary breakfast that you see. Nothing. Fucking pissed. So, of course, they give me my points back, so on and so forth. But we we didn't get out. We got on the road, and I was just so exhausted. I'm like, uh, no, we're not doing it tonight. So we didn't have our podcast last week. So we're back this week where we've got to do some more cool stuff. I got to go out of town for a couple of days this week. Uh, but I had to go work. Um, met some cool people. Um, and then did something very, very cool this week that I thought was very interesting and very fun. And it's what the show's about. So, did an RPG this week. And in this RPG, one person, brand new, never even rolled a die type thing. Uh, gave them the PDF of the book so they could read about it and they can figure out what character they make and so on and so forth. Other person, semi-newbie, Mizzy, there. But it was a game of running three girls through an RPG, which was, was my first ever full girl RPG group, which was kind of neat. Um, I'm expecting, you know, certain things to happen, you know, maybe murder hobos or whatever. And they, you know, it, it was a really good game session, especially for someone that was their first time. She was all in on it and was doing a lot of cool things, getting a lot of things done. And very much was, you know, acting like a veteran in a way. Wasn't afraid to go, hey, can I check for this? Can I use this skill for that type thing? I was like, yeah. So, but that brought up our, our topic today was um, doing newbie stuff. Because we're going to have more and more people play RPGs. That's just like it is. Uh, you're going to see more and more 
may not be able to do it as often, may not be like John and I, we used to do it, you know, like four days straight, you know, in the back of someone's, you know, apartment or whatever. <laughs> but I have a feeling. Like I used to run games five nights a week. Yeah. Play one more. So. Yeah. I mean, we used to play, I mean, nonstop. But, you know, you do like an every other weekend. Hey, that's that's a good schedule nowadays. Nowadays, yeah. Type thing. You do like every other weekend or, you know, twice a month. You're, you know. I mean, you can even do better if you're doing it online. That's a lot easier online. Correct. But. Online's a whole lot easier. But I would rather do it in person. So, John, how many newbies have you taught to play a game besides, you know, like a one-off or whatever, but it's been like campaign-style stuff? Many. Many, many, many. I'm gonna, uh, while we're doing this, I'm going to switch over to the paint cam because I want to work on some. Colded Viking wants to know what. Uh, me- oh, you're playing Unity? Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, we sure. are playing Unity. Well, let me just throw my first suggestion out is if you've got a new player who's just jumping in to play, don't give them the book. If they need to make a character, have them describe to you the character they want to make based off your elevator pitch of the world and everything. You make the character for them. Because here's the thing I'm going to tell you. You guys might think once your character's made, it's set in stone. Nah. It's not. If something turns out to be completely wrong, you can revise it. There's there's no set in stone. We're not chiseling this shit into a fucking uh, stone tablet anymore. Not anymore. You know, pencils come with erasers. New character sheets can be printed. It's all good. Yeah. So you should you should not give them the book. Just And, and you can, but... I suggest it not just because you want them to not worry about mechanics because it can be fucking daunting. Yes. Especially nowadays. A lot of the games, they, they'll they sell themselves as relatively simple. But if you have they have no idea at all, if they've never played a game before, they're not going to have that basic level of understanding. So it's not going to be simple to them. So better for that. And honestly, a lot of people started off on a D&D style game. So they got to describe their character. And then, you know, it's easy to say, you know, oh, I want to be fucking Boromir just without all the arrows. <laughs> you know, or what have you. And then you get an idea. You can make the, make the character appropriately. And then as things get to go on, they can, you can go like, oh, we, we you know, like, I want to change this thing I've never used to this thing that I think would be cool. Sure, cool. Who? Who cares, right? Like the <laughs> the fun police, the role playing game police, are not going to come to your house and stop you. No, that's ultimately funny because of the the Wizards of the Coast shit that happened this week. But they're what? not going to come to your house to stop you. And if they do, uh, they've got no legal right to be there. Tell them the fuck off. Correct. <clears throat> so, um. But yeah, that's the first thing is you want them focused on playing and having fun. Um, I had a veteran role player play a game system new. It was playing Hero System. And all he'd heard about Hero System was that it was super complicated. He needed a math degree to do it. So he didn't even try. But that was fine. I just fucking made up his character. And I did all the work for whatever he needed to do for his... He was basically a junkyard Iron Man. I would do all the work for that. It's, it's fine, you know? Junkyard. And people graduate into learning their own stuff. They all started that way. You know, um, I've actually had multiple people who their first ever role-playing game, you, you should probably put that on your paint palette there, Gonzo, since it keeps closing like that. And it should be done. I'm going to be annoyed by it. Just let it go. 
Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, you want them to focus on playing, not focus on the minutia of the rules. Um, if anything, it's sort of like the downside of current, by current, I mean past first edition versions of D&D, because they are much more depth to them, but as such, it's become a lot more for players to do. They have a lot of choices when back in original D&D, it's like, what class are you? Cool. Here's your character sheet. Go. <laughs> in class and stats, that's about all you needed. From a simplicity standpoint, works pretty well. Oh, Kilted Viking, your first game was Rifts? Now, oh, man. long yes. <laughs> long yes. But very well described. Like, I've never had a problem handing someone a Rifts character book going like, okay, look, there's a lot in here. Look at the character creation and go. You can do that. There's a lot there. And in fact, that might be one where you want them to actually read a little bit about it unless you can describe perfectly. But yeah, man. I mean... That's, that's a heck of a first game. To yeah. Be fair. Uh, uh, Palladium Book stuff was my second game. And I think it was Heroes Unlimited, probably. And I mean the original Heroes Unlimited. Or Robotech, one of the two. I think it was Heroes Unlimited, actually. Anyways, but yeah, you don't you don't want them focusing too much on the minutiae. <laughs> you want them worried about getting their character ready. And then, because you can write the minutiae afterwards. It's not that important, you know? They say the devil's in the details. It, it is, but to a certain point, if you've got someone who's got the right mindset to role play, they don't need all those details. You should get them down at the at the table, get a character sheet as easy as possible, and you know, just get them going. Um, any you know little aids you can add to them, you know, any little. Uh, Hence, you've got a character sheet. Uh, people make a ton of online character sheets. You find one that's very newer friendly, and you might be able to find one. Um, that'll help. I actually have one that a young lady made uh, semi-professionally. And it's just, she calls it the, uh, you know, ADD character sheet. So that you're, you know, everything's easy to find. You're not looking around for stuff. It leads all in the progression that people can easily follow. Um, so I bought that because, I mean, if I play D&D, it's useful, right? Yep. But yeah, that's, that's my biggest thing for new players, to make them comfortable. Don't mention the rules they don't know. You know, people... Players can get like that, like, oh, you haven't read the rule? Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Let's let them play. You can tell them what the role. Alright, you know, like, oh, this is a skill check, you do this on D20, 3D6, whatever whatever you know welcome through it you know you're the tutorial version of the video game now just just welcome through it don't don't worry too much about it if you're playing a math heavy game something like uh hero system size champions or even rifts to a point you can get some big dice rolls and that for things you know if they're having problem with the math help them with the math you know it's no big deal Um, yeah, I know that you have to let veteran players know it would be time to tone back their min-max mur murder hobo so you don't scare them away. I would actually honestly say the time for veterans to tone back their min-max murder hobo was about five years ago. That shit's gone. Yeah. You need to... Like, there are campaigns for that, but that should be part of the elevator pitch. 
And uh, the elevator pitch I talk about a lot is important for a game. You have to to say in a brief statement what the game's about. Like, you can go, all right, we're going to play D&D using the world's largest dungeon. It's going to be Murder Hobo Orama. Just go. Yeah. Kill monsters, take their shit, kick down doors. Maybe not even that order. <laughs> so, but that should be your elevator pitch at that point. Otherwise, you should be, you know, whatever the world is. Like, okay, sort of like, like, so for my our current game, my elevator pitch is I showed them the intro to Thunder, some Thunder of the Barbarian. That. Like that, that. And they made characters based on that. Turns out they all have a little bit of magic. Some of the instrument technology, you know, it, it works. As long as you get that down, because then you can get a new, like, I could bring a newer player in easily. Go like, watch this. What do you want to be? Maybe watch an episode. You find an episode on YouTube. Watch an episode if you feel if you feel like you want to watch one. Get an idea of what you want to be based off the world you see there. So, um, yeah, Kilted Barkin, D and D light. You can call anything light and just make it super easy and streamlined for people to play. Like we forget that as veterans, we look for super complexity, but sometimes you just want that super simple just so people can play. Too many games nowadays, and not necessarily a bad thing, are super complicated. There's a lot to them. Sometimes you just need the quick and easy game, you know. And I think that uh, I hope that D and D never loses that as at least an option. You know, if there's ever a game that needed a quick start rules, D and D is perfect because it can get a little complicated. But if you've got a quick start, jump in, quick start, go, and then worry about it afterwards. You know, um, a lot of people think that you can't. Change, like I said, change characters after you start it. You can change characters as much as you want after you start it. Heck, your your world could evolve and go like, hey, I've decided this isn't going to fit in the world. Let's get you something cool. You know. But that, that's where it goes into our second part, right, Gonzo? The rule of cool, which is actually important for new players. Because well, they're more going to be not worried about the actual letter of the rules and just trying to do things. Well, before we get into that, I wanted to talk about props and such. Because it really kind of hit home uh, for me yesterday when we were playing that, you know, I'm used to, you know, mind's eye theater type thing. That's just how I've always been. That's how I've always had to play, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then it really helped the people that were playing this week. They really were able to, you know, seeing a miniature there, looking at it, positioning it, moving it so on and so forth really hit home to them and it really looked they they really liked it and i was like it, it didn't you know make me go aha but i was like we can do that a lot easier now 3d printing but, I mean, you know i mean 3d printing son like we've been doing this easy for years oh yeah i dare say a decade or two like let's be honest ralph partha did it back in the day but with the gaming stores being more more uh, available, Reaper models, even before Bones came out, just Reaper models, you could find in the Reaper line something that was close to your character, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to buy a bunch of Reaper models because it'd be like, oh, my, you know, so we'd be like, oh, this is the perfect, perfect character. Perfect XYZ. Um, yeah, but I, I will say, honestly, Gonzo, when we started... The games we really started on, we did a lot of Theater of the Mind's Eye, you know, uh, early. 
But when I got into it with not just me and my buddies from freaking elementary school, all the old D&D players had maps on graph paper or whatever, models. Like, a lot of the games of that era came with stuff. If you look at... Um, Let's look at the second round of TSR offerings. Oh, especially um, box sets. Star Frontiers, Gamma Riders, uh, Marvel Superheroes. They all came with accoutrement to make you play easier. So you didn't have to use just the mind's eye theory of the mind. You could just, you, you had chits or foldable, tapable dudes. Like those Marvel ones. They were oh, just yeah. Two you, just, you fold them, they become a little triangle. Great. Absolutely great. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, those are those were little standees. Yeah, they're amazing. Um and that's sort of the thing, you know. They uh so I never really I mean we did a little bit of that, but we didn't have to do too much of that. If we ever needed it was there, but it, it shouldn't be too hard. And honestly, no, no nowadays you know, it's in really my game, hard. we we stopped playing fourth edition D D with this new game because we didn't want to be arsed the map. It wasn't really convenient to how we situate ourselves around the room. So we switched to uh, Genesis because it's very much don't need a map. In fact, a lot of newer games, you know, old school D&D, and people will say otherwise, is hit or miss. From a certain point, say mid to late 80s on, someone probably had a map. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was graph paper. Maybe it was an actual mat, you know, mat you roll out and use dry erase erase markers. Fucking uh, overhead markers. Um, and you draw a map and you fight. Like, that was very prevalent. Um, to the point where in the early to mid, let's say mid-90s, when uh, Feng Shui version 1 came out, they had a statement there saying the map is not your friend because you want to be able to describe what's going on. And that actually is. I agree with that. Like, sure, having play aids is good, but to a point, everyone's memory, everyone's memory and imagination will be more involved than just whatever map you can draw. You know, I can draw a picture of a streetway with ruined buildings and stuff, but it's just going to be like just generic squiggly lines, right? Yes. But if I say, okay, you're down a streetway, you know, on either side, some of the buildings, anything too big is collapsed in, some spilling out on the road, other ones are still mostly intact, maybe the windows are broken, you know, maybe some holes here or there, but still mostly intact. You guys get a mind's eye of that. You're like, okay, I kind of picture that. The more description you put into something like that, the less good it's going to be to a point. Like, sure, with dungeons, you know, it's, it's a little different when you have the actual dungeons. But when you're getting outside of that into the actual, you know, forescape or whatever, um, or, you know, in my case, cityscape, it's, it's a little more interesting to have just a description of what it is. You can draw a little map if you need to to give an idea of where positions are. We do that on scrap paper all the time. But we've done a lot of, you know, just descriptions and then them filling it in in their mind for a while because you don't have to think of everything someone go like oh uh you know i'm in a house uh, i grab the broom to you know whack outside the head with cool there's a broom in the house there's brooms in houses all the time no problem you don't have to say all this stuff because if you remember the old dungeons when you describe a room anything in the room suddenly became important because they're like oh there's a thing that thing must be important. There's a table with stuff on it. That table must be important. Well, really, it's just room dressing. You don't need to describe there's a table in the room. You can just say, hey, here's a room and everything. There's a table with some stuff on it. You know? When you're doing generic descriptions, you're no longer 
constrained by the fact that people are going to latch onto any little thing and be like, it must be important. Oh, I know that, that actually kind of came up a little bit, uh, this weekend. And I was like, you got to just say just in your, it's just generic stuff. There's nothing special about it or let them roll with it. And then it becomes something special, but (laughs) it's easier if you don't have those extra descriptions or anything like that. Yeah. Just don't let it detract. And if you keep, if you start people off with mind's eye and, and, and theater of the mind and keeping them, thinking about stuff it builds upon itself because they'll start off oh you didn't say it was there i didn't think of using it have the enemies do that okay you know you're you're in a you know someone's apartment like okay they the enemy flips up their dining room table and ducks behind it to avoid your shot like oh shit we can do that it's just description for whatever's going on but suddenly that unleashes more things people can do which when you're ready we can go into the second part or third part <laughs> Or whatever part. Which I honestly think is the most important part because they all work, this works together with using, uh, you know, theater of the mind. Yeah, well, I mean, so in Unity, Unity has a reward system if you do theater of the mind, if you do cool, you know, rule of cool stuff. You know, stuff that adds flair and good drama and good story, but doesn't necessarily change, you know, everything about what you're doing. And I I got to thinking, you know, I can do it. I've done it nonstop, you know, forever. So it, it comes second nature to me. But for people that are new to it, um, it could be kind of daunting and they don't know what they can and can't do. So, but before we do that, John, what is the rule of cool? What is a good rule of cool? What is a bad rule of cool? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Is the rule of cool is always good. There is no bad rule of cool. It actually is more importantly stated in the phrase, don't say no unless it is actually impossible, assign a difficulty. Yeah. I want to shoot my rocket launcher and blow up the moon. Like, okay, that's literally not possible. <laughs> or I want to fire the rocket launcher and hit up on the mountain and cause an avalanche. Well, fucking hey, that's possible. Let's go. Roll some dice. What's your rocket launcher skill? Do you have any other skills you think would be useful? I mean, it's so much easier if you just do it because it gives them a chance if they've got remotely skills. Like, you know, like, oh, no, we mentioned a while ago that my character was super good at math. So I'm going to figure out, you know, the basic, you know, geometry of where we should hit to have it fall where I want. Excellent. I'll give you a bonus or less of a penalty on that because of that shit. It's all <laughs> just that, you know, keeping track of that stuff. Yeah, it's also about getting good descriptions to it. You can because anybody can say, I'm just going to hit this monster with my sword. No, no. And, and in fact, when, we, when Feng Shui is around, they actually said, you start penalizing people when they say that. You, you, you want good dramatic, because we're there to tell a story, and the dice are just there to add the randomness and shit and goes wrong. The thing is, people forget. They like to say their super cool action before they roll die. Don't do that. Say, I'm going to attack. Roll your die. If it's a big number, it's like, all right, you hit. All right. I come in, you know, and, and bash his shield out of the way with the hilt of my sword and then get a quick slice on him. You can wait to your old damage, see how big it is, and, and, and describe it then. But you should do that. You don't have to describe it beforehand unless you want a bonus, if you're trying to rule a cool bonus. You know, you can do that. that. That's where it is. You can also just wait till it hits and describe it to match what happens. A GM could do it. In fact, if you want your players to do it, often you should start doing it and they'll take it up too. Yeah. You know, get one of your players. It's easy since you got Captain Izzy right there. 
to describe stuff like that, and it'll start to build, even with newer players as they're there. One person's doing it, the rest will think they can do it too. And then, then it's great. Yeah, I, I, I like cool the idea. Is basically, the you can do anything cool. Yeah, I do. I do like you saying, "Do it after you roll." Oh yeah, because then it gives you a good descriptor of what actually happens. <clears throat> also, you're not using all your best shit on like a four to hit. Because <laughs> most games, a four to hit's not good. So depends on what dice you're rolling. But actually, and and here's some four hits actually really good. But you're not using it on a bad hit roll. So you're not doing the super cool move. Or if you are, let's say you're doing the super cool move to try and get an advantage and you miss, that becomes a GM firing back with, okay, well, you tried the cool move, but he was ready for it, saw something, and did this thing to counter it. Now you're getting an actual narrative fight, and that's way more interesting. You know, I try to do that in my games. Sometimes you get tired. And honestly, some games I feel... And this is more of a D&D problem than anything. Um, that you get too many fights and it just gets fucking passe. There should be a lot more than fights going on. That's, uh, I think, one of the things about going to Theater of the Mind is if you don't have the map there, you don't have the map to constrain you, you don't just pre-plan encounters. You go, we'll have an encounter over the fuck we need to. We don't need to break out a map or anything. Or if you've got some sort of pre-made maps or anything. Honestly, if you have the perfect like that gaming table with the fucking screen in it and everything you can do whatever you want then because it's it's all there ready to go yeah you just load it up you just load it up but yeah so, but if you're not you, you can just describe it like uh in the last game i'll give you a little preview of uh the ruined earth episode two uh they're all searching for stuff and they roll a shit ton of successes and a shit ton of threat so like you find it but ambush and then we had a fight then you know, way cooler than saying, oh, I've got this fight ready to go. Just No, just go. You know, fit it in the narrative, you know. If your players can figure shit up out of a fight, that's part of the rule of cool, you know. Like, hey, we want to do this cool thing to prevent the fight or to make the fight easier. Let them go with it, you know. Give them a chance to roll dice well, because honestly, half of it is that. Someone want to spend their resources on doing something cool because it'll be epic and they'll remember it. Is okay. Those, those, those are only diggers, Bane. Yeah, wait till the skitterers. Yeah, kind of do some do some of the descriptive stuff after the roll. Like, it's a great idea. People people don't think of that, and we're never going to be critical role or dimension twenty or any of those people. It's okay, but we can learn from some of the stuff they do and use that to make our games more interesting. And I've learned that from stuff. My buddy, uh, Mike Serbrook, who uh, works for a gaming company now, actually, doing uh, uh, Mobius Press, that the current, current name is, um, he used to always describe stuff after the fact, and I always thought that was really cool. You know, because he'd come in and, and maybe roll mediocrely, so he changes his he does a description. He'd do a lot of describe it, then the dice roll happen, and sort of tweak it to fit, which is cool. It's very, very cinematic, very cool. And, you know, we could use more of that in games because sometimes it can get down to the, I hit him with my axe. I rolled a 16. It's a hit. 12 damage. That's yeah. not exciting. No. You know? You can, you can do a lot more with that. And we should encourage people to. And that's yeah. sort of the, the core of 
the rule of cool slash don't say no just to sign the difficulty. You know, it, you could try and do anything you want as long as it's really feasible. You know, example for an old game, uh, one of the PCs was taunting a villain on Facebook and causing the villain to fire satellite strikes at random buildings. So the guy's like, I want to crash all of Facebook. Like, fuck yeah, man, roll some computer hacking. Let's go. Not like, can I? This is what I wish to do. Just do that, get the GM a chance to assign some bonuses or penalties, and then go. Look at your skills. Often you think, you know, you have skills just certain things. Sometimes you can use your skills in ways you don't think. You know, um, now a lot of skills are very cut and dry, but depending on the game, you might have some skills that are somewhat generic. may not think they're good, but they end up having a lot of potential for use in all sorts of things. You know, so you got to, it's a lot of thinking outside the box and just trying to do cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you and you want to try to you know, best way be cinematic. That way, you know, it, it it adds to it and such. But there's a lot of people that are like, "Is this going to be too much?" Well, the GM oh. will tell you if it's too much or if it if it's if it's going to break something that you know you're trying to do extra extra. But for the most part, it's just happening. Yeah. So there are games um, nowadays that have a lot more. To skill rules and just success or failure like and i have no real problem with the binary you succeed or you don't succeed i am very much more interested in games that have degrees of success though yeah you know um this is why one of the reasons we like and we keep trying genesis because the way the dice roll there are a number of successes and then you could have advantages or disadvantages triumph despair there's a bunch of stuff there that can really affect the way it goes uh even um Prowlers and Paragons from Mobius Studios, my buddy Mike Turbo's working on, um, has a sort of degree of success thing where if you fail, um, you know, whoever wins the outcome describes it. So if the GM wins the outcome, he describes what happens. But if you're within a certain couple points of, of succeeding, you get to alter it a little bit. Like, all right, I'm going to jump from this rooftop to that rooftop to pursue. I'm like, all right, well, you failed, but like I only failed by one, so I missed the rooftop, but I land on the fire escape, and it's going to delay me as I run up the stairs after him. It's that kind of thing. Or if you fail, or if you win just by a couple points, the gem gets to alter a little bit. You can't really change what happened. You're still going to happen based off the success. But, you know, you can, uh, you know, introduce little things. Like, oh, you succeeded, but only by one. All right, you do it, but, uh, you know... It was a sloppy jump, and they gain a little bit of ground, uh, you know, or they gain a little further away from you. Or, I mean, even if you, like, fell by one, it could be, you know, you just barely held onto the side of the building. Yeah. You know, you, you made it, but now they're, you know, yeah, there's X, amount of, I mean, X amount of speed away from you now. Yeah, now, but that could be even further. Like, oh, you're a full, you know, full turn behind them. Now you're just a little bit behind them rather than catching up. Yeah. You know, succeed by a bunch. All right, you 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 leap the building very well, and, and you you sprint across, and you're you're keeping up with them. You're right on their heels. There are degrees of success and failure, and a lot of games don't do that. And I would say, boldly, that's a mistake. Because binary success and failure is cool, but a degrees of success and failure is much more interesting. 
Much more fun. Yeah, much more fun. You know, it's it's. I always look for that in games. And there's a lot of games out there where your degree of success, like in combat, for example, may affect how much damage you do. You may not be able to hurt something much inherently, but if you get a good hit, you hit him in a weak spot, whatever. There's a lot of that out there, and you should even try that in other games. But you need to make sure your GM is on, on, on board with that. Because at the end of the day, they're, they may be following the rules, but they're really more just fucking guidelines. Yeah. So... Keep that in mind as you try and do stuff. Have a discussion. I mean, people like to think it's the binary. You just sit down and play or you don't play. No, no, no. You should be talking to your GM about what. And in a perfect world, GM would come to you with a sheet that says, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. And some of the games actually have that available as like a sheet you can print out or whatever and, and fill out going, this is what we're going to do. How realistic it's going to be, how episodic. So you can know what's going on. It's possible to play a game, uh, and since I'm more of a superhero background, even though we haven't done one in a while, you, know, you can play a game that's completely, you know, completely episodic. You know, maybe a couple sessions to a thing, boom, done, reset, you know, your character may get experience, gets experience or whatever, but there's no lasting consequences from that. You know, like early comic books, where what happened, you know, after a two-issue run or so, it doesn't matter so much. Sure, that happened doesn't have any lasting effect where, versus episodic where you're going to, or versus serial where you're going to have things lead directly into the next, which is mostly where role-playing games go, but it doesn't have to. If you play intermittently, uh, one of my buddies in the UK uh, plays in a club where they change GMs every five or six weeks just to keep everyone in the club moving around. Well, that should be fucking completely, you know, uh, episodic. You know, because you're not going to be playing that much. You're going to be playing that as characters too much, so you should just boom and go. But it's all things you have to look at based off the game you're playing and all. Um, and getting a little off topic, but back on back on to it, you'll need to know from your GM what their ideas are for the rule of cool. Some GMs don't believe in it. Respectfully, fuck those guys. <laughs> Yeah. You need to have it in some way, shape, or form, or you're just role-playing with two L's. Yeah, I mean, for me... You prefer me... to get it to where you're role-playing with an L-E. And there always be dice involved. There should be dice involved. Yeah. The dice role-playing games kind of didn't do well. And even some of those still had numbers to be important. Yeah. I mean, my thing about the rule of cool is, if you want to do something neat and interesting and flair and dramatic, so on and so forth, go right ahead. Are you trying to do it to make your, you know, 5D fireball a 50D fireball? That's not the rule of cool. That's just, that's exploitation. You explain that shit well enough? I'll give it to you. I don't fucking care. Correct. But for the most part, like, I'm saying generic-wise. Yeah, well, people like to think it's, sometimes people think that it's, GM versus players. It should never be GM versus players. Because if it's GM versus players, you should be playing something like fucking Descent or something where it is actually GM versus players. <laughs> it is, you guys are collaborating to tell a story. If you want to have some cool thing where maybe that villain just pisses you off and you're just like, no, fuck this guy completely. I want to channel all of my inner energy into blowing him to hell. Hey, maybe the GM can work with you on that. 
maybe, you know, that can be a story element. You know, it's a two-way street on that, though. Don't expect to have it with no penalties. Yeah. But, you know, there there's one game where, you know, the uh, I'm a paladin of the God of Justice, and the village we're in is trying to blackmail me into, or coerce me into doing something for them. And that's not just. So I said no. The rest of the party's like, we'll do it. Uh, one of the guys stayed with me. And we get no fight with all of them. Like, you know, as you're fighting, I pray to my God. Sort of like the, you know, uh, Conan's prayer to Krom in his fight. Yeah. Um, and Jim rolls and like, like, he apparently he rolled a good roll. My God showed up and helped me smite those fuckers. Yeah. That's super cool. I'd even ask for that, but you could. You can go like, I pray to my God trying to get him to intervene. You know? But half of it's on the GM. The GM can be like, okay, you can make the player make a role if there's like a religion skill or whatever. You can make the role behind the screen if you want to. It's all up to you how you do it. The rule cool actually works both ways. Because if you do something cool, if the players get themselves in over their head or if they're playing to their characters, the rule cools can come in very handy. Because it'll let you get them out of it in a way that was very awesome. Like me and Troy was playing a Minotaur who stayed with me in that fight. We still remember that to this day. It was a great, great fucking moment. And you can make those moments if you if you look at that stuff and just try and make it cool. You know, uh, earlier game with a uh, buddy Andy. Um, he was playing. It was Marvel superheroes. He was a professional wrestler and superhero, like you do. And they find a mystic book, and he's like, I, I don't know what this is about. And he goes, hold on, I summon Doctor Strange. He puts his fingers through his temples and concentrates. So I roll, and like double odd. I'm like, all right, well, Doctor Strange shows up. You know, was he really asking for Doctor Strange to show up? Probably not. But you know what? You can take it that way. It became a cool moment. Also, cost him an action many, many a time. He's like, I summoned Doctor Strange. And never again did it happen, of course. <laughs> but it's those cool things, you know? That became a talked about thing. You know, villain show up like, he can summon Doctor Strange. They'd say that shit. You just have to, you have to roll with it sometimes. It's a lot of... There are the planners out there who plan, plan, plan. But you can only plan so much for these players if you let them use the rule of cool... You know, and the don't don't say no, just assign difficulty. I've been reading a lot of books on role playing and how to run games, and the biggest thing that goes through all of them is don't assign dif don't don't say no, assign difficulty. And now, granted, of course, sometimes you have to say no. Like I said, if I have a rocket launcher blow up the moon, no. But you can definitely make games more interesting by giving them some agency to do something that's completely out of, the, out of the ordinary. You know, sometimes they just want, like, you could just see that player hates that enemy or whatever and just needs to kill them or needs to do something to one-up them. You gotta give them that once in a while, you know? Once in a great while, just giving them that little thing, letting them do the rule of cool to do something to, to thwart the enemy will go a long, long way. John, do you do some of that gray on that fucking branch? I, I don't want to be blunt, but I fucking hates it. Oh, it, it's got dry. I'm drawing it dry. And then, then hey, Hellboop, how's it going? 
Yeah, it, it, the moon, it, the no full moon, oh, mood swings. Well, that's actually a plot point in Dragon Ball Z. Because Piccolo blew up the moon. You can tell if that was a role playing game, that's the Piccolo player, player going, This shit's out of hand. I can't have this happen. I want to blow up the moon. And Jim going, Fucking roll it. And he's like, Great. And they're like, All right, you blew up the moon. Good job. And now, honestly, in, a, in, a, in certain games that have a certain level of realism, that would be a problem. In that game, that's not a problem. But sometimes you got to let them do that, you know? Sometimes you just have to let them blow up the moon. That's just yeah, you, I hope you know this time of year. It's a little later than normal, but it's going to be rainy for another two or three weeks. Sorry, man. He's, he's local, for those of you who don't know. Oh. <laughs> but, uh... Look, man. Don't, don't hit me on the airbrush. That's purely in Banyan's thing. We have to get stuff out of here before we can airbrush. I'm going to put that in him. Banyan's fault. Boom. Anyway, so there you go. There's, I mean... I mean, but I really like it when players, you know, do stuff like that because it makes the game better and it makes it fun because you're like, ooh, you know, yeah. or whatever. And it just, and it's just a really it's good those time. moments you'll remember forever. Yeah. It'll be those, like, people are like, John, do you remember, I don't remember all my role-playing characters. I've played way too many games. Like, I love people who remember all the characters. If you're young and you remember characters and you've got copies of all your character sheets, fucking keep them. Because my old ass don't remember shit. I don't remember my character sheets. You know, games end and they just go away. Uh, oh, what's in it for you? I mean, hairbrush is not just for John to use. Rich. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you, you, you want to do it. It it takes some time getting used to it. You're going to have some hiccups along the way, but don't worry about it. You know, we're all in this together. You know, you just gotta... You gotta work on it, you know. People people forget and, like, they expect things to immediately be great. It's not immediately gonna be great. It takes some time for shit to cement. And for, you know, for things to uh, develop. You know, and these are all skills. And I think I've known how the fine line... Even your players know the fine line of what you'll allow... For rule of cool spoilers, you ever play a game with me? I don't fucking care. I'll assign you some asinine difficulty, and if you make it, fucking a, I'll make it work. But that's just how I am, you know. I I joke with my players, you know. One of them, we're we're still looking at playing a game uh, every other Friday with my crew at work, and one of them was like, "I I have an idea. I want to make sure it's okay." I'm like, "Is it in the rule book?" Yeah, like I don't fucking care. Do it. It makes you happy. Like, but it could be a little OP. Like, I'll make it work. I don't care. Because there's a thing. If one player makes their shit OP, I'll just give other people shit to make them just as OP. And you know what? I'll level up the bad guys to make them OP. And guess what? When everything's OP, nothing's OP. OP. Or maybe I'll just throw fucking tons of dudes. You'd be like, here's 50 orc warriors. Good luck. And you guys are like, we're OP. We're killing them. Awesome. Now you're going to be like, we just killed an entire orc tribe. It's like good or bad. <laughs> But it's the thing, you know, it, there's a lot of freeform to it, and you can't worry about the details so much. I mean, you, you got to let it roll. you got you, you got to fucking wing it. 
you got to have fun. I mean, that's the thing. We're there to roll dice, create a story, be silly, do stupid stuff, um, and, and have a good time. If not, why are we fucking there? And yes, you do have to have rules where, you know, it's part of the game, but... They're really more of guidelines. Guidelines. They are. <laughs> Any rule in the book can be thrown out if you guys decide to. Yeah. You can go as a group of players and go, hey, Gonzo, we don't like this rule. It's crimping our style. Can we fucking put a bullet in it? 20 bucks. And most likely Gonzo goes, okay, I don't care. Get that shit out of here then. Yeah. Keep in mind, if you guys are having fun, you make our job so much easier. Yeah, when you're having fun and you're doing things, I'm like, cool. I don't have to worry about much. <laughs> uh, sit back and let the cats fucking wreck everything. Yeah. Just shit off everything. Awesome. Just, I'm here for the cleanup. Yep. So, but, so, by the way, I'm doing a bunch of printing. A hundred of these fucking trees. That's a lot of trees. Yep. After the trees, it's... <laughs> Tough, Captain Mizzy. Um, and then there were some. No, no, Captain Mizzy, don't say that. How can you write a good story method to generate your second resource without having to uh, <clears throat> to generate it otherwise? Make a good story element. Give him something meaty to fuck you with later. And I'm here to tell y'all, when you do something like that, and you, you give, the, he's gonna fuck you with it later. Don't mince words. That's what's gonna happen. You know, maybe one of my my players said, I learned from, you know, the the Witch of the Forest and uh, the Dark Forest, not the Black Forest. The Black Forest one has ham, and that's different. Uh, He did call it the Black Forest. I'm like, it's got to be Dark Forest. Uh, You know, and part of it is he can never raise a hand against her. That's not going to fuck him later. Yeah. And he's well aware. Black Forest kick. See, there you go. It's got to be the Dark Forest. The Dark Forest. The Black Forest. Something. I gotta go to the Black Forest. Cake and ham? Fucking A. Now I'm hungry. Yes, but if you give him something juicy like that, it's gonna be so much more interesting. It's not... You know, I'm trying to move away from the calling it fucking, because anyway, I take it, it's gonna sound really terrible. <laughs> I'm over here just trying not to say, give him something juicy to fuck. <laughs> No, to fuck you with. It's going to be so much more interesting. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be epic then. It's not even... It's going to be a great story. Wrecked. No, that's not going to help at all. Continue on. It's going to give great story at the end. Correct. There's always... I mean... That's how I saved that. There was a campaign I played in, and um, there were two elves and a human. And the two elves, of course, speak elvish, but they couldn't speak common and so uh the human couldn't speak elven and only could speak common and so we had cool little like we draw on paper or sign language and stuff like that to to do it and so it was we had a negative but we had you know it was a good role-playing fun one of my players uh wanted to be a uh, uh his first character died he, his second character was an undead sort of white but he's like i'm mute so he had to mime everything he wanted to do. So at one point, he they're like, he's trying to tell the guy, the ring is in the house. Or they're hiding in a forest. So he points 
at his hand, the ring fingers he's pointing at, mm-hmm. and then points at the house. Well, uh, Brian's character, who was a uh, giant kung fu pimp, saw he pointed to the left hand, which he's holding his golden crowbar in, and he pointed at the guard, who was walking around un- unaware of them. So he just grabbed him and he just shanks him with the fucking crowbar. Because he made a roll. He's like, I failed my roll to understand what he's talking about. So he's like, this is what I think he's talking about. And just went. That That's the fun stuff that happens when you just, you know, go for role play. They still end up fine. I mean, Bane ended up getting shot by an attack helicopter, but it was great. Yep, there you go. Banyan, his character said about the fear of bugs he hadn't planned on because he thought it was neat and flavorful. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Especially you get a phobia from something that happens in game. More power to you. And it doesn't have to be crippling phobia. It could just be, I, I, uh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, he, he played it well. It was great. He, 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 he had played it up to that point, and then they first encounter some bugs, and he played it perfectly. It's super fun. Well, there you go. There's some some basics on that. To sum up, don't say no. Assign difficulty. Use props if you need to, but don't be afraid to let people use the power of their imagination just to 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 fight and explore and everything. And try not to give newbies the rule book. Try and just make their first character so they can you can describe what they're doing so they can get into the game more fully, and then go back and read the rule book and experience it fully. And guys, if you have questions about all this stuff, you're more than welcome to ask us or, you know, give us some yeah. things. Because we're, we're, we'll always take, you know, topics or subjects on this stuff. Because there's been, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to say role-playing is ex- exploding. It's always been exploding. It's just now it's more <clears throat> mainstream and more talked about. Um, it was just hidden most I, of the I time. I would actually counter that it is less frowned upon and we're not, role-players are no longer excluded or immediately discounted as being fucking crazy. Because they did. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the role playing. I love. I enjoy the story, and I love creating a good story. I, mean, I, I like to think I enjoy role playing, unless you know when I get to do some. Well, you get to do some. You're just always doing it as NPCs. Yes. So, any of my characters can get murdered at any time. <laughs> so, uh, so let's go and get in the media section because I know that you have at least seventy-five things to talk about, and I have one hundred and twenty-three. Very false. <laughs> I have a few to talk about, which was kind of cool. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, but some of them are just um, trailers. Two. Well, they even watch the trailers. Two. Ish. Okay. Two ish. So, uh, did you finish Picard and Mando? I did not even start Picard. Okay. I do want to talk about Picard real quick, and I'm going to say this, and feel free to come at me if you want, but be aware, I'm John, and I'll come right the fuck back. <laughs> I am fucking disappointed they used the fucking Borg again. <laughs> yeah, it was... So fucking sick of the Borg. I... Fucking get something else. You did the Borg first season, you did the Borg fucking second season, oh look, the Borg third season. It's like there's no other fucking next-gen thing out there, for fuck's sake. Well, now that said, I've heard it's great. It is so wonderful, and it probably is. But fuck, Star Trek needs to get some fucking originality back. 
Yeah, so I was talking to one of my guys that I work with, and he's a huge, huge, huge Star Trek fan. And a uh, huge Picard. And he's he's kind of on the same boat with us. You know, season two, just ignore it. Uh, go to season one and season three type thing. And he was like, he was kind of upset about, you know, Borg. But he goes, that's what Next Gen is about. No, it's their... not. Hold on. It's let, fucking let me, not. That's let the me problem. Finish. Let me finish. That that was their big bad guy in their series that everybody enjoyed and everybody loved and everybody, you know, story-wise. But I'm like, I'm with you. There's other things in the next generation that they could have gone with. But they're episodes. just... Yeah. Maybe seven episodes. Maybe one overall episode a season dedicated to Borg. Like, it'd be okay, but it's just fucking all they did. The first season, I like what they did with the Borg. Cool. Borg, not as the main big bad. That was very cool. Second season, obviously, didn't watch the whole thing. Started off with fucking Borg, for fuck's sake. Yes. And then I hear this one ends. The Borg, I'm like, come the fuck on. Yeah. So, hopefully... I, but, again, we're done. I hear it's great. It was good. No, I they're still going to enjoy it. Yeah. But I'm allowed to be annoyed that they can't get any originality. It's like, it's like when we went through so many movies in a row of... Oh, look, it's the Enterprise versus giant starships that are better than it and blah, 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 blah. We have fucking, f like, four or five movies in a row of that shit. Yeah. And it gets fucking old. Well, hopefully, Borg is over. And we've got a new storyline and hopefully another, you know, we got, what, um, Strange New Worlds coming up. And is it next mm -hmm. month? No, June. I think, is it June? Soon. Soon. Which I'm, you know, we're looking forward to because I, you know, I did, I didn't watch the trailer because I don't need to. I'm going to watch it. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I did watch the trailer just because I, you know, watched the trailer. But I liked it. I can't wait to see what they're going to go with it. See what's going to happen. I hope, uh, you know, we get some cool stuff in it, and it happens. I'm, I'm really excited for a good Star Trek again. Wow, that was pointed. Well, here's my thing about Star Trek. We, we got, okay, Discovery. I like Discovery. We know it's going away and since last season, so we're fine and we're done. It's, it's getting its ending. I'm happy for them. Star Trek now? Okay, so season two of Picard was shit. I don't care what anybody says. Season I mean, one was okay. Spoiler, everyone says shit. It's like 29% of Rotten Potatoes. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Potatoes? Rotten That's Potatoes. Two. That's my new counter site. <laughs> Lower Decks... It, to me, yes, it's Star Trek, but it's more like... I have no desire to see Lower Decks. It, 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 it's not really... It, it's a comedic Star Trek. And that's why, because... Yeah. Why am I going to watch me to Star Trek when we already had the perfect parody and loving homage in the same fucking movie? Yeah. We don't We don't need to see this. I, don't, I, don't, I have no desire to see it. Yeah. I mean, I watch it. it I don't have any problem with Lower Decks. It, I started just, and it was just, it was not hitting me in the right way. It's just not very, it, it, to me, yes, it's its a comedy based in Star Trek universe. That's all it is. It's also like early episodes and it may get better, but they're early in the first episode. It was just low hanging fruit. And that's. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. It's all right. Nothing wrong with it. But I, I mean, opinionated who knew. what I really, really want is I want a futuristic Star Trek. I really want. We, no... we need a. I really wish Discovery had jumped to current era, you know, Picard season three era. Yeah, the Indian. So that could be concurrent rather than in the far future because it puts them in a different problem. Yeah. 
I mean, because I I really wish that. I mean, it's it's. We need a good Star Trek series where we don't have to rely on the past at all. Well, they're always going to rely on the past. That's the thing. Well, not they're going, making no, their we're... money off nostalgia. Correct, and we need to stop that. I, that I, we was the best go. thing about Discovery. There was no nostalgia to it. Yeah, like sure, you saw the Enterprise for a couple of episodes, but it was not in a nostalgia way. It was because it fit the story way. Yeah, like that's what was fresh and impressive about the first two seasons. Maybe do something like a hundred years or fifty years in the future from current you timeline. To, that way you could do. You some... can just continue on from the same timeline as Picard season three and keep going. Yeah, which they should have done in the meantime a long time ago. Yeah, I just I just don't want. Like I said, nothing wrong with Strange Worlds. I love it. I think it's one of the best Star Treks out there. Uh, but I want to get away from the past. I want new. That's the reason why Next Generation was such a big hit. It wasn't, you know, flashing back. It was all new shit. Nope. Yeah, all new shit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. So, uh, But I finished Picard. Like I said, you do not count season two. You just go with season one and three. I mean, you can... Maybe Wikipedia season two or something, <laughs> just so you can get the story or whatever and get characters. But I would probably give it, if I'm not going to count season two, I'd give it about a one. Because there was a couple of fillers and, of course, you know, hashtagging Ooh. old stuff. And we're, yeah, I, I just said that word just to remind you, too. <laughs> I mean, I was wondering if you, you remember that I said that. Yep. So, no, I, I, I did that over. We're going to be a lot less reviewing stuff and more talking in general about stuff. Uh, there was a great quote from Twitter. Uh, someone was talking about episodes and says, Filler is not an actual thing in the context of Western media. Somehow the process of making anime episodes that allow time for manga they're adapting to to catch up got transposed onto things fans don't like because they have short attention spans. And it's fucking right. There are no filler episodes. They're world-building episodes. They may not move the main plot forward, but they add story elements. I mean, people need to understand the difference between plot and story. They move, like, look at, maybe we're going to talk about Mando. So look at that one episode of Mando. Everyone knows the episode I'm talking about. The one on Coruscant. Yeah. That didn't really move the main plot forward so much, as aside from establishing a character. But it was world building, so you know what's going on in the background. And adding some more story elements for various things. So, it's not filler. It's not like they're waiting for fucking the Star Wars manga to catch up. <laughs> filler is stuff that happened in, I believe, mostly Naruto and fucking One Piece because they got past where the manga was. And they're like, shit, we're going to do something while they make some more manga for us to fucking adapt. So. Hey, there's a rant. Bleach as well, sure. There you go. Oh, yeah, Bleach too. Well, so going back on more trailers before we get into other cool stuff, uh, the Warrior trailer dropped for season three. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I need to. I mean, I'm not caught up in any stretch, but I'm really looking forward to that because I really liked Warrior. I thought it was a great acting, great you know martial arts, very solid series, uh, very fun, very interesting, and this one looks to be good too. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it more than anything right now. I think now. it's next on my catch up list. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't started watching Warrior, you need to watch it. It's solid. It's on uh, HBO Max. Yep, soon to be Max. I think is what it's called now. Sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other trailer that dropped 
And I will say that I am a complete noob on this type of uh, Transformers. But the Beast Wars trailer dropped. Another Beast Wars trailer dropped. Is that, or is that what it's called? Transformer Rise of the Beast. Rise of the Beast, yeah. But I have no clue about the Beast Transformers at all. I knew they existed, but I had no clue about it. And you know what? I think I think this is going to be the movie that we turn our brain off and just like, just let Prime and everybody just beat the shit out of stuff because of things that are. You coming. mean like every, every other one yep. that's not named Bumblebee? Yep. <laughs> like shit on you know Michael Bay's quadrology, quintology of movies as much as you want. Towards the end, I liked where they were going with their own ideas. It's just that it was a little batshit crazy. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, I don't know what we're expecting. Live action Transformers to be great. They're always going to be turn your brain off action movies. Bumblebee is going to be the one exception to that. And even at parts that is, but it's got a lot more heart than them. So it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at it and it says, it I also looks did not fun. watch the trailer for that because I'm probably going to see that movie anyway. So who yeah. cares? Yeah. You don't need to watch trailer for movies. You're going to see this just in. Unless you just want to get more hyped. <laughs> Um, sometimes there's a negative to getting too hyped for something. Just saying. But saw the trailer of that. I'm interested in it. Like I said, I don't know any of the story of, you know, Beast Transformers type stuff, but, uh, it's got Optimus Prime in it. Yeah. Fuck it. Like, cool. Also, uh, they dropped trailer for the Equalizer 3, which they fucking missed the train on that one. They could have called it the Threequalizer. The Threequalizer. <laughs> shame um i haven't seen all the second equalizer but the first one was great it's fucking denzel washington fucking it's gonna be great let's be honest it's denzel yeah denzel does quality um other than that uh i did share with gonzo that they are actually now looking into pre-production for uh battle angel alita 2 um no real details yet, but, you know, they're talking about it. And if they're talking about it, it'll probably happen. It did really good internationally. Not as good uh, domestically, but that's fine. It's still a very underrated movie. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. I probably want to rewatch it here soon. Been a lot of clips showing up. It's got a great soundtrack. Um, once you get past the animeness of the main character, it actually only bothers you for a short time and then it's just really good uh what else um that obviously works. we talk about mando at some point um i can talk about something that i actually watched that we haven't watched it was on netflix sure. power rangers so there oh, the new, uh the new movie uh came out it's the, the anniversary one yeah or whatever it's called it's like uh once and for all or something like that I can't yeah it's it's got yeah. Most of the original Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, it was the new Power Ranger movie. And you know what? I was never a huge Power Ranger person, blah, 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 whatever. We were both we were both a bit too old for that. Both too old. Just a skosh. A couple years. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, because it's... Why not? I mean, they made a movie. I mean, I got a Look, I've said this in the past. No one does callbacks and getting other people in like Power Rangers. No <laughs> one. They're so good at it. Yeah. And so like, this is, of course, they care about that. Oh, yeah. And I will tell you right now. 
this is so much of a Power Ranger movie. You're just like, yep, this hits all the Power Ranger notes. Cheesy lines, silly, you know, Power Ranger, you know, moves, you know, the whole nine yards. So if you're a Power Ranger fan, it'll feel right at home. Of course, there are, you know, much older people and much older things going on, but that's just, you know, life. But this is very much just a Power Rangers movie. It doesn't take itself serious. It didn't do a serious story. You know, it didn't do, you know, serious anything. It was, you know, the I, 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 stupid stuff that is a Power Ranger TV show. 100% copy Power Ranger TV show. Um, oh, Archer Microvoy. Yeah, I remember that one, that, uh, that, uh, Power Rangers one shot they did that was interesting. I mean, yeah. they're never going to get Power Rangers to be that serious just because it's going to be that consistently for kids things that the parents get to watch with the kids and, and get a little nostalgia. And that's good nostalgia yeah. because it's for the kids, but they're putting the notes in so that the adults can enjoy as well. That's that's how you use nostalgia properly. Um, it was a little disappointing that they didn't get uh, Amy Jo Johnson, who's very busy. She's a director and stuff for that. She... So they didn't offer. She just declined. She didn't think it was going on. Same with uh, Jason David Frank. It was filmed before he uh, committed suicide. And he apparently had other things going on. So he he, he passed on it. So. But, I but mean, no, it's good to hear that it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. And they did do tributes to, you know, the Power Rangers that had passed away. And, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it it was there. There was nothing wrong with it. Um but it was it was it was just good little fun. If you're if you're a Power Ranger fan, it'll fit right with you. Uh, well, I did uh, two weeks ago finish Band of Brothers. Since I was rewatching that, okay, um, it's great. I'll be honest, the latter half of the series is a lot harder of a watch as they go through some really tough times in the beginning part. Plus, since the second to last episode is the one where they find the concentration camp, and that's the exact point. Remember why it's okay to fucking punch Nazis. <laughs> you wave a Nazi flag, get ready for a fucking fist. Yeah, I got two fists. They're ready to eat for everyone. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember because I, I remember watching it when it originally came out, you know, on HBO and everything. And you know, it, when you first start watching the series, like, oh, this is cool. You know, he's all these friends, and then, and then you're like, and then oh, you realize, shit. oh yeah. This is war. Who died? Died. It was rough. Yeah, and it, and you know it just got rougher along the way. But and, and I love how even they just don't like you know one of the leaders Buck Compton uh, like seeing a bunch of his guys he's been with for forever like you know get get hurt grievously broke him and it happens you know mankind's not meant for war no it it's tough and none of them thought any less of him for that. Like, even the episode earlier, the one with um, uh, Private Blythe, they were talking to, they didn't judge him horribly. Like, he even talks people about, and I said this in the first time, about how he was afraid, and none of them judged him poorly for that. And that's the great thing to show, is that, you know, you can't always judge people poorly for that. You know? Some people are just scared. People deal with shit their own way, right? Yep. So, but it's a great series. I mean, if you've not seen it, you should see it. Uh, it's so I, I watch well it every done. so often very well done. It's, it's zero I mean if you weren't shocked zero it is yeah. I would say it is the be- absolutely the best World War II media yes I'll agree with that like it's better than Saving Private Ryan oh yeah better than all the rest right it's also longer than a lot of them because it's a miniseries but it is the best because it's the best around nothing's gonna ever keep it down indeed 
So there's that. Gonzo, what was it else? Um, yeah, uh, I watched um, Sweet Tooth. So if you don't remember, uh, Sweet Tooth is a story about uh, a virus hits the planet and starts, you know, people start dying from it, but children are born with part animal, part human. And so season two came out Thursday. Um, and season one was great. I loved it. It was a very good show. Very, you know, very well done. Season two, same thing. Um, the characters are still good. They did kind of, you know, him and Ha on, you know, what was going on. It took a little bit longer to get that plot point going type thing, but it wasn't bad. It was just like, yeah, how long are we going to sit in this prison cell type thing? And uh, special effects, fine. Story's fine. They expand on the universe. They expand on what's happening, why things are happening. You know, what are the, you know, half hybrid children? What is the actual virus? Uh, and, and I like that because I went and looked up after I got done watching that, went and looked up and the guy that wrote the comic said that they never really explained that in the show or in the comic book. They didn't explain certain things. And I was like, that would have annoyed the shit out of me if I was reading the comic. And I didn't know why the hybrid children were doing and why things were happening. But they did explain it in the show, which is really good. I enjoy that. I like to know the whys. Um, Overall, the entire season was good. Uh, Very interesting, very fun. Little nitpicky things that kind of got annoyed by me. But uh, I enjoyed it. I would give it probably one to maybe one and a half space herpes. Um, I hope they get renewed for a third season uh, so they can finish the story because uh, from what I understand there's only 40 comics in the series and um, in those 40 comics they get through almost everything except for the last 10 on uh, this the season. So the next season would be the end of the series no matter what because it would be the end of the story. So I'm hoping they get another season out of it plus I like people to have oh. jobs too <laughs> so i did see a teaser for a series coming out which might be enough to get me to get uh combined with another series coming out on it to get peacock for at least a little bit oh what's that well we know they're doing the prequel john wick thing about the yeah continental. yeah the continental but they're also going to do a series on a video game that i played an absolute shit ton of in the past what was Twisted Metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've actually seen some shots With of that. With Anthony Mackie yeah. in it. And, uh, I mean, Anthony Mackie's fucking awesome. So, might be enough to get us to get that for a short time. <laughs> you know, might rotate that around, get it, watch some stuff, get rid of it. Um, we'll see. I also need to get uh, Apple TV so I can watch uh, Ted Lasso. But that'll have to wait till after I finish Warrior. Oh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, well, you know, but only so many things. No, no. You know? Only so much time. My ass doesn't spend enough. I still need to watch Rebels because, let's be honest, it's going to tie into the beginning of Ahsoka, which uh, luckily did not tie directly into the end of Mandalorian. If you want to talk about that. That's true. So the Mandalorian, we won't spoil the episode, but we will definitely, you know... We'll, we'll spoil some concepts, but not like any content. Correct. Like, because I really thought that the Mandalorian was going to end like on a down and lead directly into Ahsoka. Yes. But it's not. It ended on its own terms, which I thought was a fucking great idea. And, and you know what's interesting is you could cancel the series right now and I'd be happy. 
Yeah, it, it told a complete story. Yeah, you 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 could say there's no more Mando. Mandalorian's done, and I would be perfectly okay with it. You I mean, might I'd be okay with that. So I'd be like, oh, I'd, I'd like to see more, but you know. Yeah, but you would be like, shit. There was a big plot hole and everything going here that we needed to you know solve and get over. No, there's there's some some threads they could pull on if they wanted you to make things go further, but uh, done well. I mean, I thought it was a. Uh, to be, to be candid, a little cheesy at points, but good cheesy. Star Wars cheesy, not bad cheesy. Yeah. Um, the fights were cool. Um, yeah, I fucking loved it. It was great. Yeah, I had, had no problem with it whatsoever. I had a good time with it. Um, if they get another season, good. If not, I'm okay with them, you know, being done yeah. with it. Yeah. They can have him show up in a little series like he's been known to do. Oh, yeah, just pop into something and be like, hey, oh, shit, Mando's here. Then you got, you know, cool episode type thing. Yep. But there's a lot of lot they can do. There's a lot of story elements they can play off of for future stuff, too. Yep. Uh, very pleased. I give the whole thing 0.5. Yeah, I give it that. That's not a big problem. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. Like I said, it's just good, fun stuff. Good, fun yeah. Star Wars. And then interested to see where, I mean, no get my Rebels watch in, then time for Ahsoka, hopefully, and then we'll go from there. Probably don't need to. They'll be, I mean, they're really good at, at not making you watch other things. I'm explaining just enough of the story at hand, but I've seen season one of Rebels, enjoyed it. Let's just watch some more. It shouldn't take too long to watch through. It's short episodes. What else you got, Gonzo? Um, so I picked up Jedi Survivor, which is the, the new Star Wars what? game. You know, big soccer. Um, I like the first one, by the way. The first one was fine. A little annoying stuff here and there, but for overall, it was still a good story, Jedi fighting thing. This one, I'm kind of pissed off at. Uh, one, oh. I know that there's a big issue with the PC version, and like PC players can't even right. play it. Um, All right, let's, let's pause. Keep in mind, when you're making something for a console, you're making it for set hardware. Correct. When you're porting over to PC, you're setting it up for multiple hardware. This is not new. Yeah. This happens with a ton of ports. Let's just call it what it is. It's unfortunate. You would hope a AAA studio would be better than that, but it's fucking urgent. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm playing it, and it's not that I'm disappointed in the game is you do get some new cool stuff. Uh, you get some new f- cool fighting techniques. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what they are because it, it's part of the story. Um, <laughs> uh, but I I like it. I'm just not that much into it. The combat is okay. The combat, I actually turned down the difficulty because it was like just, I my character has a max amount of hit points already and the max amount of force. And one creature comes up and hits me and like takes out my entire health bar in one hit. And the dodging mechanic is not that great in this game. And it really pisses me off because I'll see something like you have to dodge. And so I dodge and then I don't, it doesn't dodge far enough. And so I get hit anyway. So I'm like, this sucks. And so it's annoying. So I actually turned on difficulty. So I'm like, I just want to hear the story and just beat up shit. But my biggest complaint is this is a lot, a lot, a lot of fucking puzzles. Very little combat comparative to the puzzle and climbing. I'm like, I'm climbing fucking everywhere. I'm like, just let me run into a bunch of stormtroopers and beat the shit out of them. Or, you know, 
I spend more time climbing than I do fighting, and that's just kind of annoying. And it in some of the controls are not great either. Like trying to jump on a little pole that you're trying to walk across, and you fly off to the side. And I'm like, oh. luckily you don't have to start all over. You just start, you know, back where you fell. But still, it's just annoying. Or having to jump the perfect jump so you can grab onto something so you don't die. And if you don't make that perfect jump, you got to do it all over again. So it was just annoying. Uh, Graphics-wise, no problems. It's got good graphics. Um, cool things. Um, it is almost not worth it searching out and finding everything. Because the only thing you're finding, you're finding some little perks. But most of the stuff you find are like more outfits, more, you know, lightsaber parts that do nothing but just, you know, have a graphic design difference. And I'm like, dang it, you could have done where, you know, I, I go looking for better lightsaber parts and they do something better. Um, but everything is all cosmetic that you're finding 90% of the time. So it's kind of boring. Kind of like, oh, who cares? Whatever. I don't care. So, but I'm going to finish it. I bought it. Finish it up because after that, it's um, the new Zelda game. So, that'll be what I'll really be playing after this. But, right now, not impressed with it. And I'm kind of upset with it because the first one was pretty good. Hopefully, and like this, I want to do it for the story because I like the story so far. I like the characters. But gameplay-wise, it's not great. Fair enough. John? That's all I had, so I didn't watch anything else. I had a okay. hell of a week. It was uh, very frustrating. I heard a bitch to you and Kathy a little bit about stuff that went on. <laughs> um, I am watching, um, still watching um, BattleBots. Uh, they are now out of the preliminary rounds and now into the final rounds, the elimination oh. rounds, which was cool. Uh, so it's interesting to see who made it, who didn't make it. Um, and they also started doing something this year where – uh, up-and-coming bots. They show the up-and-coming bots or the bots that are just brand new to the circuit, which you're like... The triple-A bots, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you need to get up to the double-A, the then maybe the majors. Yeah, because they show people that are brand new to the sport, and you're like, ooh, that robot would be destroyed. I did not get to watch the new Peter, Peter Pan yet. That is on my schedule. Uh, I will most likely watch that tomorrow, because I'm off tomorrow, because you know me and Peter Pan. I love me some Peter Pan. Oh, I do want to say that uh, uh, Tex of the Black Pants Legion, who normally just does Tex Talks Battle Tech, he actually did a his just a pure history one, uh, you know, that came out Saturday on uh, some aviation history that is very interesting. So go look up the Black Pants Legion, Black Pants, as in wearing pants, uh, on YouTube, and you can find his. Uh, he calls it a Christmas to remember. Uh, and it is was very enjoyable. It was engrossing. He's got a good way of researching. He'll go off on tangents and all, but <laughs> what? Uh, very enjoyable to watch uh, while he's still working on uh, other stuff at the same time. So, so uh, Gonzo is not a lost boy. Gonzo is Pan. That's just how it is. I have been I have been deemed that I'm actually not human. That I'm actually a fake creature. Uh, somebody statted me out. In a role-playing game, and I'm actually a fey creature, so I'm actually Pan. Um, 
I love Peter Pan shows. I love Peter Pan, the storyline, the characters, all that type of stuff. Um, Hook is still one of my favorite movies of all time because Robin Williams is the shit in that. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to the new Peter Pan movie. But I think that's about it. Are we done? I think we're done. Damn, that went by really quickly. We had a mm-hmm. lot to talk about. We blabbed like crazy. That's um, normal. That's normal. That's what we do. Uh, and I actually got some decent amount of paint on stuff, so it's working. Um, I hope to start painting stuff again soon. Yes. Just haven't really had the drive. Well, I'll probably be doing some more painting and maybe some stream painting. You just got to wait and hold up. There is something coming up that might inspire me to paint more, so we'll see. <laughs> So we just got to wait. Um, Cause what else? Uh, like I said, I'm on a big kick of 3d printing right now, of course, because warfare weekend, I got to get more terrain printed out because we're trying to do as much 3d terrain for all of our games as possible. And while some of the games are already taken care of uh, war machine and hordes, or should I just say war machine. Now it needs 3d terrain and we're pushing 3d terrain and a lot of people 3d, are 3D. terrain. Yeah. A lot of people are pushing it, and we're trying to get it, and so I'm trying to get as much as I can. I'm going to print 100 of those trees, and after 100 of these trees are done, then I'll work on trenches, and then heels, and... Asterisks. Trenches should be flat. They're, they are. They're a flat one, but they're a 3D flat. They're they're not a they're not a uh, neoprene. There are one of the few mat. things I will I will take neoprene for neoprene. The outline of forest, if your game uses forest outlines, yes, we use water that. features. There's just some things you can't make 3D without becoming giant pain in the ass. Like if you make a board and you have trenches inset into the board, fucking you guys do the man. Well, oh. these I'm gonna reach over and grab it. This is the one, and it's just I just spray painted it, so you can't really see it, but it's just a flat. Yeah, I mean, works. It's just yeah. like putting an European mat on the table. Yeah. So it'll sit there, but it'll be, you know, 3D-like. It just won't be neoprene. So I'm just trying to, we're trying to get rid of all the, we're doing, the, of course, the, the trees on neoprene. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in getting rid of it. If you're going to use it for, like, the outline of forests and all this, just oh, use yeah. it for trenches, too, if you can. Just whatever's cheaper for you. If printing them's cheaper, by all means. Oh, yeah, this is really cheap and really fast, too. I can print a bunch of them really quickly. All right, we got off a little tangent at the end, but I'll be doing a bunch of 3D printing, too. I'll probably be seeing some more of that. Um, do we have anybody to go to? Oh, I'm going to guess Painting Dad's there. Other than that, you'd be getting something weird. If you want to show someone playing uh, Jedi Survivor, Ferk Polo is there, but Ferk is, warning, a little crazy. <laughs> well, I'll just go ahead and send you to Painting Dad. He's probably doing Painting some Dad. Warhammer stuff. Let's see, what is he Painting doing? Painting Dad, less crazy. Yeah, Painting Dad, less crazy. Looks like he's probably doing... Yeah, he's painting some models. So we'll just send you over painting dead. Guys, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming on all the time. Um, if you listen to us or watch us uh, live, we appreciate it. Make sure you check it out. Uh, we are possibly having some more podcasts jump underneath the More Than Dice banner. So you'll probably see some more uh, things come up. Don't be And I'm alarmed. just getting a backlog of my uh, episodes for my game before I release them because yeah. that way you guys are getting them every other week, not, oh, look, they had a delay and now I got a delay. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be seeing more. So, guys, take care of yourself. Look after each other. If you see something, say something. If you can do something, do something. For More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Good night. Good night.
stick around for the painting dad. At least give him a follow. Doesn't cost you anything. And it probably makes him smile. <laughs>